This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everyone. It's another new week and it's another episode of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. It's me, Nigel Seeley. I'm joined by our senior ATP Tour tennis handicapper, Sean Calvert. Well, the clay season is over. It's done and dusted. Novak Djokovic has been crowned the 2023 French Open champion, winning his 23rd major singles title before we look ahead to this week's action we have to recap what has been a great week over in uh in france for Novak Djokovic, a couple of weeks over in france for Novak Djokovic. uh sean i didn't actually watch the game today i was actually at a birthday party so I, I, i'm not going to be able to say that i actually watched the match but i rushed back to do this podcast here today but um Novak Djokovic making history winning the 23rd major how impressive was he? Was it was it a, a, a typical Djokovic performance, or was it the fact that Kasparu just didn't have those levels that we we indicated in the podcast? It was a bit of a struggle, and he almost dropped the opening set again. I mentioned in the podcast the other day that he dropped, I think, four out of his five opening sets in previous Grand Slam finals, and he, he could have dropped another one. He, another sort of slow start. Rude started pretty well. Um, Djokovic made him pay for not closing out that opening set, and with it. it Got it to a tiebreak and played a, a fabulous tiebreak, as he's done all tournament. He's been great in tiebreaks all tournament. Won it, I think, seven one off the top of my head. I think he won that tiebreak. And then it was, um, you, you thought that it was going to be uh, sort of six two six three from there on, and it was six three. The next set could have been six two. Djokovic had two set points to win it six two. And uh, Rude ended up saving those, and it was six three. And then the final set was um, yeah, pretty tight. It wasn't, it wasn't quite as, as one-sided as I suspected it, it could have been. And Djokovic didn't play that well, to be honest. Certainly not the the heights that he hit in that opening set against Alcaraz. But yeah, he's just a better player than Kasper Ruud, isn't he? And um, he wasn't going to be denied that 23rd Grand Slam title, was he? Well, we look at players. You know, he's now the most successful men's tennis player, most Grand Slams. Where do you rate him? Where do, where do you think, where do you consider Djokovic in the all-time list, you know, is it is he is it the is it the goat, or do you, in your opinion, do you still Rafa or or Roger or anybody else you think? And in, in the time that you've been following tennis, I think you have to say now that he's on twenty-three at this exact moment that we're talking. Then, yeah, you would have to put him. You'd have to put him in first place, wouldn't you? Based on the fact that he's won the most Grand Slams, um, it's, I think he's the first, only one to have won each one three times now, isn't he? I stand to be correct on that, but I think he's the only, only player to have done that. Um, I think off the top of my head. So on on results, you would have to say Djokovic. I know loads of people have their favourites, you know, the, the players that they personally like for style reasons or for any other reason, personality reasons or whatever. But I think if you're going on, on, on majors, which would be most people's benchmark, then you would have to say at this exact moment in time, Djokovic is looking like he's going to, He's going to go down as, as the number one. But, you know, these records stand to be broken. It's going to be tough, isn't it? 23 yeah. grand slams. 
Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, obviously, but it, it doesn't appear like Nadal's going to have another one left in him. You wouldn't have thought. Um, so, yeah, at the minute, you would have to say Djokovic. He's not he's not everyone's favourite. That, that's not for tennis reasons. That's probably for other reasons. But, um, yeah, as far as tennis is concerned, you would have to say so at the minute, yeah. Yeah, the, without doubt, the, the, the greatest competitor I think has ever ever played the game. You know, doesn't know how to lose. The way that he is passionate about his 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 game, the way he's obviously come from the country, university during war times as well, stuff like that. You see every shot; it's a winning shot, and he and he hasn't even dropped that level. And that's what sort of I I admire about him. He's got that fight and determination, and and that will to win that it's so rare to see. And we've seen it. So we well, saw Nadal it has it. Nadal, as well, that's what I was just about to say. Fairness, we, yeah. we saw it with Nadal as well. But at their age, to do what they do is is, is incredible. And that desire to keep doing it. Um, just you know, we say he's got twenty three majors now. If you look at the Bet Rivers odds for Wimbledon, which we're we're coming into the grass court season now, three weeks mm. away now is Wimbledon, and he's minus one twenty. So according to them, he's going to be on potentially on twenty four uh, major titles. And then if he wins that title. Then he's got a chance of winning the Grand Slam at the U.S. Open, where if he has got the three in the bag, he, he could potentially, with 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 market support, well, he's the favourite now to win the, the U.S. Open as well. He's plus one fifty, plus one ten, was uh, around that kind of price to win the U.S. Open as well. So we're seeing him twenty three. We could be saying at the end he's had the best season of his career, twenty five. And I, my question to you on that is: Do you think that is because you know obviously there is no. Rafa, no, no, Roger, and the competition just isn't that level. I mean, we were talking about Alcaraz, you know, his game here now, and, and Medvedev. They, they are still some way behind Djokovic here on the U.S. Open betting. You know, they're, they're, Medvedev is around about three to one, and, and Alcaraz is up about plus two fifty. But they're now the second and third favourites behind Djokovic. Um, and we saw that the market was dominated by Alcaraz here in this tournament until he ran into Djokovic. Do you think the you know he's he could be talking about the greatest year of his of his career uh, with 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 a cannon, with a Grand Slam, um, but the opposition isn't probably as strong as it has been in in his early part of his career. Yeah, he's not had to fight off Nadal has it so far, um, and he won't be doing. You wouldn't have thought for the rest of the year. Um, certainly not at Wimbledon. So you could certainly argue that the opposition has been slightly weaker in the sense that it hasn't been Rafa and Roger and and, and Peak Murray when Murray was up there as well. Um, you could say that, but I mean, it's it's so difficult to do, isn't it, to win this this yearly slam, calendar slam, whatever you want to call it. He, he tried it a couple of years ago, didn't he? Well, he tried it all the time, but he tried it a couple of years ago, didn't he? When he tried to throw the Olympics in there as well, and it, it all came off the rails then, didn't it? So it's 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 very difficult to do. I think just because of this this short time frame between the French Open and Wimbledon, it's it's so hard. I'd, I'd have to look back in the calendar. In the in the um, annals to see who's who's the last one that's done it and see how often it's been done. But it's not been done often that you've won the someone's won the French Open and then gone on to win Wimbledon. It's 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 a pretty rare achievement just because of that short time frame and the changing of surfaces and the effort that it takes to win the French to then come back less than a month later and to win Wimbledon. You know, Rafa tried it last year, didn't he? And he he kind of his body just about let him get to the semis and it and it gave up. Um, I think that's a I think it's a massive ask for him to win. I mean, if he did it at the age of thirty six. You know, you would have to say that's that's the crowning glory of his career, and and that's undoubtedly what he's going for. He, he would love to go down in history as the guy that won the the calendar slam at the age of thirty six and ended up winning twenty five majors. Yeah, he'd, he'd absolutely love that. It's a it's a huge ask, though. 
Well, he's the favourite to win both of them. He's minus 120 to win Wimbledon. Um, obviously, Wimbledon's a little bit later this year, so they may help from the, from the age. You know, it's, a, it's, it's the start of the first week of July, a little bit later than it usually is. So there's an extra week in there. And the grass court season now starts this week. Uh, we had a tournament in Surbiton, the Challenger event over here, which Andy Murray had won, my new best friend, as you can see by my profile pitch. But Andy, Andy yeah. Murray won the tournament there. Uh, but now we've got the business end. Then we're getting into the real the the, the, the grass court season. As you turn around and say, you know, this is a big turnaround from players to go from the slow clay courts in Roland Garros straight in to the grass court season. Two massive contrasts in uh, in, in in play in conditions. Um, and we've got two tournaments this week: one in Stuttgart and one in Ross Marlin. Um, the one in Stuttgart you're heading to is the Boss Open, and let's start with that one in Stuttgart. Let's have a look at the draw before we break down the 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 uh, the stats and how quick the conditions are compared to what we've seen. Uh, Stefanos Sissipas is the number one seed. He is uh, at the top of the draw. The number two seed is Taylor Fritz. Fritz, the American number two, is the three seed here, Francis TFO. Then we have Herbert Harkash at four. Uh, five is Tommy Paul. Six, Lorenzo Massetti. Seven, Matteo Barrettini, a former winner here, two-time winner here. And the eighth seed is Nick Kyrgios, who could be absolutely anything in that bottom half of the draw. If we look at the draw... Angle, I wouldn't say there was much um, favoritism between the top half and the bottom half. I think there's there's decent opponents in the bottom half and the top half. But from the betting perspective, Stefan Tsitsipas heads the betting here at four to one. Taylor Fritz is a five to one shot. Nick Kyrgios six to one. Matteo Berrettini seven to one. Herbert Hercus eight. Francis TFO ten. Tommy Paul fourteen. Denis Shapovalov sixteen. Lorenzo Massetti twenty two. And Lorenzo Sanego at twenty. Two, so that's the outright market. What do we need to look at for a winner here in Stuttgart, and what are the court stats, and what are the uh, the advantage and disadvantage for players in this tournament coming from the French Open? Yeah, it's the quickest tournament around. It's it's as simple as that. It's, it's situated up in the north of Stuttgart, um, so it's it's actually got slightly more altitude than I previously thought. It's it's actually got three hundred and eighty three meters of altitude, if we're being precise, um, which is a decent amount. Um, and when you combine that with slick new season grass as well, it makes the conditions really fast. There were an, an astonishing 88% of holds of serve here last year and 77.5% first serve points won. 69% of the matches featured a tiebreak. So that tells you it's quick. The average is slightly less. I mean, that was a slightly higher uh, in terms of stats addition than the normal, but not not by much. The average is 86% holds a serve, 77% first serve points won over the last seven editions, which basically makes it the quickest tournament on tour at the moment. The, the kind of players that have, have won here, you, you can imagine they tend to be kind of first strike players, big serve, big forehand, uh, powerful or, or attacking players. Berrettini, Cilic, Federer, uh, Feliciano Lopez has made the final here. Felix made the final here. Raonic made the final here. But also Nadal and, and team have also won here. So it's not it's not a hundred percent necessary that you play like that. You know, Nadal, as I said, and team have, have won it. So um, it is possible for others to win it, but by and large, it's been, it's been the first strike guys that have, that have won it. The attacking players, the only two players incidentally that have won the title here on grass as number one seeds are um, Mr. Federer and, and, and Senor Nadal. They're the only two top seeds that have ever won still got on the grass. Um, it's not been a great tournament for qualifiers. No qualifiers made it past the quarterfinals yet. Um, in terms of underdog winners, 33% um, underdog winners on average in the last seven editions. Best round being round one, which averages 37%. 
Um, just looking at last year's edition, as I said, there were a lot of holds of serve. So the over 22 and a half games, that would have cashed 56% of the time last year. Uh, 14 of the 25 completed matches went over the 22 and a half games. So that's that's the sort of conditions we're going to have. Quickest, quickest of the year, basically. Yeah, very quick conditions, which mean we looked at the big servers and obviously the big servers. We've got a couple of them in that bottom half of the draw. We've got Nick Kyrgios, we have Taylor Fritz. Uh, and if you look probably in that bottom half of the draw, you would think that those two are going to pretty dominate. You know, Francis TFO, would you really ch- take a chance at him? Lorenzo Massetti, he's a, he's, a, he's a massive face. So when you look at it, really break it down, when you give those court conditions, you probably want to be positioned in that probably bottom half of the draw rather than the top half of the draw, which features... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Sitsipas, Hercas, Berrettini could be anything. Like I say, he's a two-time uh, winner of this event. And it's been won by some decent players. As you say, Berrettini's won it two of the last three years. Marion Chilich, or three three times it's been played. Uh, Chilich, you've got some decent players in it. It was changed from a clay court, didn't it, to a, to a grass yeah. court event in 2015, and the Dow's won it here as well. So if you think the value is in that bottom half, and you think, you know, these, these are the big hitters, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're concentrating on that on that bottom quarter where Nick Kyrgios and Taylor Fritz look to be on a collision course into, into the quarterfinals. Yeah, I think it's a slightly lopsided draw. I think it's I think this is a very good draw for Taylor Fritz. I really do. Um if we look at his stats, we know he did well on grass last season. Not not quite as well as we wanted him to do uh in the end, but he still had a great a great season. His service points won and return points one total last year was 110 on grass, which is the same as Berrettini. Berrettini couldn't play Wimbledon. I think he had COVID, didn't he? I think he came yeah, down with COVID yeah. just before Wimbledon Berrettini. So he didn't play um Wimbledon, but he did have a hundred and ten uh, total on grass last year, which is the same as Taylor Fritz. Fritz has actually got a three 0 head to head lead over Berrettini. Um, so it's a, there's a series of good head to heads for Fritz. That one over Berrettini, which I've just mentioned, although they couldn't meet until the final, he's got a very good head to head against TFO six one. I think it is one of the last six in a row. Taylor Fritz. He's not played Kyrgios yet. We'll come on to him in a minute. A good head to head against Shapovalov, against Fuksovic as well. Um, Massetti, as I say, I don't think he can really figure here. He's well, as you said, he can't. I'd be very surprised if he won yeah. here in the quickest conditions. He's he's nil four win loss on grass, and his service points one return points one total is eighty four. I'm a fade in so, the first round. Who's, yeah, Gojo could easily beat him. Yeah, could could be. I'd have to check into it because he's just he's a qualifier. I've not looked at that one yet, but yeah, I could I could certainly I could certainly see that happening for sure. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's a good draw. I think it's a really good draw for Taylor Fritz. I'm not wild as you know about backing ones at the head of the market, but. Big price winners rarely, rarely do occur in Stuttgart. It tends to be the, the quality grass court players that win it. Um, Kyrgios, as we know, I mean, I, I don't know whether anyone listening has not sort of kept up what Kyrgios has been doing recently, but he's not played since last October. Um, he had knee surgery and then I'd say a freak injury, but it, it's, it feels kind of typical for, for Nick Kyrgios. He had a foot injury, didn't he? Someone tried to rob his car at his house threatened threatened his family with a gun or something and then ran off with his car and he ran after them and managed to injure his foot so badly that he's not played since. Um, it's pretty much Nick Kyrgios thing to do that, isn't it? So uh, are we assuming that Kyrgios has spent his time productively working on his body, working on his fitness, working on his game? His st- I wouldn't have thought so. No. I mean, it's, it, it's possible, but knowing the way Nick Kyrgios has spent his career, I, I can't imagine he's been diligently working really hard every day in the gym and on the practice courts and, and all that. He might just rock up here having barely practiced and, and win it. I wouldn't put that past him either, but 
it, it doesn't seem that likely, does it? So for me, I've gone for Taylor Fritz here to, to win this tournament. Also, as well, Taylor Fritz, he had a fairly decent clay court campaign, didn't he? I mean, he quarterfinals, decent showing. He's okay, yeah. He's, he's okay, not, but, yeah, but in tournaments... Not a clay he, man. But, yes, but that's what I'm saying. So he's, he's had a good clay court campaign by his standards. He's, he's sort of, his, his ranking hasn't really been too affected by it that time of the year. Now he's coming into his own time of the year. I, I like to see players who play on grass and obviously who are much suited by the grass have a decent enough clay court campaign that when they come into they're full of confidence. I think he'd be a confident mood here because I think he's had a he's had a better than he would have expected clay court campaign. So I'm liking Taylor Fritz here. I think the market is is pretty much um you know that curious price at six dollars. That doesn't it's a risk, isn't that, it? It's that's a... that looks the, the that looks the error in the market, which means that we've got a decent price on Taylor Fritz because Kyrgios could be sixteen dollars, couldn't he? He could. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be worried about anybody in the final. The Kyrgios is probably the only one, really, or the main one, certainly that that would concern me in the bottom half. In case he does just turn up and he's he's all of a sudden fabulous for you know a week, which is which is eminently possible, but not at that price for me. I wouldn't be worried about anybody in the final. Really, sits a pass, not not really doing it for me on the grass, and particularly this quick grass, you know, the quickest grass of the season, where his his backhand is going to be rushed for time, and it, it was he was shanking it for. For a lot of the clay swing, wasn't he? I can't imagine he's going to have a, a fabulous grass swing unless he unless that improves massively. And there's no one else really in the top half that I would think, well, I don't want to play him in the finals. Berrettini, maybe if Berrettini comes back in here, absolutely firing after this oblique injury that he had. Um, not played since Monte Carlo. People aren't aware of his current status. Not played since that tournament because of a grade two oblique tear that he had. Again, we're guessing a bit on his fitness. He's probably the one that would worry me in the top half out of everybody uh, if he does come here absolutely fit. Um, but I think Fritz is the one for me. He's also uh, sponsored by Hugo Boss as well, uh, Berrettini. So he's a, the sponsors want him to do very well as well. And that's got a good record. I'm sure they do. I bet yeah. the merch isn't, isn't cheap either. Look, look, another person sponsored oh, by Hugo go. Boss. There he goes. Yeah, me, you're in good company. Me. Oh, this is the tournament. I want you to give me some, get me some merch back if you could do that. I'm not really interested in anything. If it's, if it's less than 15 euros, I might oh, think about no, it. No, you, you, I think you might have to struggle. <laughs> I think we're going to struggle there. Headband, headband <laughs> or wristband or something like that maybe. So, I'll see what um, they've got. I'll see what they've got. Have a look. Uh, Taylor Fritz, obviously, the play here for Sean. As Sean is in attendance tomorrow, flying over to Stuttgart to watch the tennis action here, the quickest tennis uh, tournament of the year. Uh, and Taylor Fritz, one of the biggest servers in the year, has everything going for him in that bottom line for draw. Just before you, uh, we move on to the matches, Sean, uh, he's plus $5. Bet Rivers are offering a half the odds, the one, two. Uh, not, it, this is a win only pick, no, rather than a win each only, way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Win only. So we're not rowing with each way here, just the win only. We have some selections of matches. There's five matches we're going to talk about here. One, the order of players come out. So we're going to look, go a little bit. Uh, round the, the block here There's, but the one game we do know tomorrow one match we do know tomorrow is the all Italian affair between Lorenzo Sonego which is down the bottom of the, of the caption there Lorenzo Sonego is up against Matteo Berrettini that match starts tomorrow so make sure if, you, if there's any plays here or anything you want to do on there the action starts at 9am Eastern time so another early start because the match is in Europe so you have to the early starts to bear that in mind so head to the Bet Rivers website early currently there's 30, 29 different markets on that match and you can live stream the match if you do place a wager on any of the matches that they have on offer the spread here is one and a half with Berrettini minus 117 the totals are 24 and a half but for Sonego to win this match he's got to overcome a very very heavy uh head-to-head record 
Berrettini, the number seven seed, has played his fellow countrymen three times and he won every single match, including the match here uh, last year in Stuttgart where Berrettini dropped the first set uh, but come back 6-3, 6-4 in the quarterfinals. Uh, but Berrettini, as Sean has said there, uh, has some injury concerns, hasn't played any tennis since Monte Carlo. This is his first game back. Um, and probably he's going to be rusty and at minus 159, probably one that I would be watching brief for me. Uh, what do you think about that match? I think I'll probably be looking at Berrettini um, in player at some point. As you say, the price is a little bit short at the minute, but I, unless he's really unfit and really rusty and really off it, I'm not sure I can see Sonego beating him. I, th- I seem to remember back in Sonego to do something against him, either beat him or, or on a handicap in this match last year. And he won the first set, Sonego, and then he just, as Sonego does... He's fine when he's when he's the underdog and he's kind of got nothing to lose and he's all kind of pumping the crowd. But once he's got in a position to to win it, he fades away pretty much all the time. And that's kind of what he did against Berrettini. He suddenly thought, "Hang on a minute, I could win it," and and then he it, it all went wrong for him as it as it tends to do. Um, so I'd potentially be looking at backing Berrettini in play if he do, if he starts slightly rusty, as, as you said, you know, maybe he gets a breakdown or something like that. I'd potentially be looking at getting on him unless he unless he starts really appallingly and you think you know he's not going to win the match at all. But statistically Sonego doesn't really doesn't really do it for me on grass. His last ten main level matches on this surface, his service points one and return points one total is ninety nine, which is pretty mediocre. Um it's a full eleven points behind Berrettini. I, I would assume that Berrettini could have come back for the French Open, but probably thought, well what's the point? You know, I haven't really got any real chance of winning it. Um, I do have a really strong chance of winning Stuttgart. I do have a really strong chance of going deep at Wimbledon. You know, let's come back for that. Let's make sure it's it's all fully healed and we're all ready to go for the grass season. I would expect he'll be fit to go here and I, I think he'll probably beat Sonego, but it's more of a lean here because I couldn't, I couldn't recommend him at that price. Yeah, maybe watch that match and see how it goes and if Berrettini goes a breakdown or something like that, or even a set down like he did last year. Pull the trigger and uh, make sure you, you bet the the bigger prize at plus money rather than taking the minus one fifty nine. Now, okay, then that's all the other matches are going to be played on Tuesday, so an extra day for you to uh, to get your bets on here. Jan uh, Lenders Struff minus two fifty against Jang plus one ninety five. I was quite surprised to see Struff at minus two fifty. He's had an unbelievable clay court campaign, but his record on grass is pretty shocking. He's only won two matches in in the last three years. Jang uh, is plus one ninety five. Had a fair fairly decent year. Big server. Uh, in quick conditions. Uh, this could be a long one here. If you look at the handicap, it's three and a half. Um, three and a half start for Zhang, minus 167, a heavy favourite in that market. And the totals here, which look quite tempting to me, on the overs, 23 and a half is evens. But uh, Zhang had a strength, minus 250, given his uh, grass score record. That's nothing. To, I wouldn't be touching that. Yeah, it's not not only that, but he doesn't he doesn't tend to play well at home in Germany either. He's, he's one that feels the pressure and he, he's lost early. An awful lot of times playing in Germany. Let's just have a look at his record. Um, he's eight wins and fifteen losses on grass at main level in Germany. Um, on all surfaces, he's twenty-four, thirty-five win loss in Germany. So he's got a pretty negative record playing in his home in his home nation. Only once in the last, sorry, only once in his fifteen tournaments on grass in Germany has he gone past round two. Struff. I think that was here in Stuttgart. I think he made the semi-finals here. I think it was 2019, so quite a few years ago. Statistically, 
nothing to get excited about. As you said, his service points, one and return points, one total on grass at main level is 98 in his career, which considering the weapons that he does have, isn't great. I think it's possibly a problem with his movement. It all just comes at him a bit too quick. He's fine when he's on the front foot attacking, but I'm not sure he can really defend too well on, on the grass. His, his movement, just perhaps the, the low ball bounce on this sort of slick early season grass isn't, isn't really for him. Um, I think this price is based on what he did in Madrid when he went all the way to the final there, but he's he's worked extremely hard, Struff, to get back into the top sort of 30 in the world this year. He's played an awful lot of tennis. Um, so that for me is a negative as well. What I like about Zhang is that we we say how well Struff did in, in Madrid. Now, Zhang did brilliant as well. He beat Shapovalov, beat Norrie, beat Fritz um, in quick conditions. He has said, Zhang, a couple of times, um, over the course of his career, that his favourite surfaces are hard and grass. Now he's only played eleven matches on grass in his career, so he obviously he's obviously liked what he's seen from his his early forays onto the grass courts. Um, I expect, having seen him play the way he did in Madrid, he, he played quite a few tiebreaks as well in Madrid, if I remember rightly, um, that he would be more effective on on a quicker surface than clay. So. All told, I think this this price is too short. They, had, they did meet earlier on in the season in Miami. Maybe this price is based on that as well. And Struff won in straight sets, but Zhang wasn't fit that day. He had the trainer out, so there are potential excuses for for Zhang on that one. And Struff was a one point five three chance that day. Now he's he's one point four. Um, just a too short price. I, I'm happy to take take Zhang here at plus two hundred with Bet Rivers. Um, I think it's. I'm in agreement with you. It's just it's Struff's just too short. Uh, plus 200 slightly gone under now. It's plus 195, but uh, head to the Bet Rivers. Okay. Uh, this match uh, will be on Tuesday, so you've got plenty of time to get it. But I'm sure uh, when you see Sean's record so far this season, 31.14 units of profit, that 195 might be under a bit of pressure. Uh, the next match here sees another vulnerable-ish favourite for me. Tommy Paul, the American, minus 278 against Benjamin Bonzi, plus 215. Uh, Tommy Paul does lead 2-0 on the head-to-head. Both of those matches were on... Uh, hard courts, including a match in Miami in 2022. But on, on grass, it's it's arguable that uh, Bonzi, the, the Frenchman, has, has the better record. I mean, his, his career record here is in 2022, which a couple of quarterfinals did very, very well. Tommy Paul, n- not convinced by him at all at the moment. I think he looked, he looked quite tired uh, heading into the at the end of the, uh, the the American sort of hard court swing. Uh, minus 278 here, Bonzi plus 215. The spread, again, is three and a half. This time, Bonzi is minus 121. Minus 106, if you want to take Tommy Paul, minus three and a half. I think you have to be very brave to do that. And the totals, again, look relatively cheap considering how fast the conditions are. 22 and a half here. I think if you are betting 22 and a half games blind uh, this week, I think you might go in overs. I think you'll be cashing. Over 22 and a half is minus 109. How do you see that one going, Sean? Again, I think it's just too short about Tommy Paul. As you said, he's he's not the player he was at the start of this season. And again, he, like like I said about Struff, he might just be paying the price at the minute for just putting a big effort in earlier on this season. You know, semi-finals at the Australian Open, um, made the final in an exhausting tournament in Acapulco. And since then, he's he's not really done much. He had a poor clay swing, which is a little bit disappointing for him because he can play on clay, Tommy Paul, but done nothing really. Um, he's gone 2-6 win-loss since Miami. So he's coming here with low confidence. Um and his statistics on grass aren't as good as what Bonzi achieved last year. Bonzi was very, very impressive last year um, on grass. 
uh, last summer. Service points won every 10 points, one total of 105 Bonzi, and a service hold break total of 111. Now that's that's very decent. Um, Paul can't quite match that. His service points won every 10 point, points, one total was 102, and his hold break total was 107. So he's some way behind Bonzi on the stats of last year on grass. They're decent, they're decent numbers from Paul. Uh, Paul's coach did actually say that grass might turn out to be his best service. He said that a couple of years ago. And I think I'm not sure Paul could believe me. I don't, I don't think he really, uh, I don't think he's really going for that, but, but decent, you know, Paul's, Paul's not bad on grass, but Bonzi's numbers are better. Mm. Um, I think this price is all about the fact that obviously Bonzi's been injured. Um, not played another one that's not played since Monte Carlo. We had wrist pain. But again, like Berrettini, he doesn't really have a great record on clay. He's, he's 5-9 win-loss on clay at main level in his career, Bonzi. Uh, I think he's 1-4 in completed matches as well at the French Open. So I can't imagine, again, like Berrettini, he would have wanted to rush back for the French. Um, I think he's he's rather sort of looked at it and gone, well, stand much more chance on the quicker surfaces. We know we, we had him earlier on in the season in, indoors, didn't we, when he made the final of... Um, Marseille at a big price. So a quick a quick surface operator. Yeah, Paul's beaten him twice, but he isn't in that sort of form at the minute, Tommy Paul. He might well win this match, Tommy, but not for me at this price, not with these grass court stats. Bonzi was very, very good on grass last year. He only lost to decent players last year. Sitsipas beat him twice last summer. Isner beat him in a final set tiebreak, and, and Jensen Brooksby was the other one that beat him. He was, they were the only four players that beat him, won eight out of his 12 matches. So I think Paul's just too short. I took plus 2 one, five. Um, Bet Rivers earlier on about um, about Bonds. I think he's got a chance in this, assuming that's, he's over that wrist injury. Yeah, that's still there. Plus two one five with Bet Rivers. We've got two more matches to quickly run through in uh, Stuttgart. Another favourite that looks another very very hot bad price. Azadan Karatsev minus one sixty five against uh, Muter. Karatsev's cast court record is, is abysmal, and he's a heavy favourite here. Minus two and a half mm. is the spread. Uh, you can get plus two and a half again for another Frenchman, Moutet, and the total's 22 and a half. He looks another fake. Karatsev, minus two, minus 165. I won't touch that with your money, Joel. No. Um, it, it's short, isn't it? Karatsev, as we've talked about many times, is somewhat unpredictable anyway, to, to put it kindly. As is Moutet, incidentally. That's probably what puts me off back in Mute because he can be absolutely anything on his day. He can be break up and then his next thing you know, he's been disqualified because he's, he's had a meltdown and chucked a racket at one of the spectators or whatever. Whatever's gone on in his head that particular time, which is could be anything with Mute. Um, yeah, Karatsev 2-4 win-loss on grass, service points, one return points, one total of 94. Um, hasn't shown anything on it so far. Maybe he will this year. Maybe he won't. Um, Mute can play on grass. He beat Dimitrov once from two sets down at Wimbledon. Um, fascinating classic clash of styles, this one, with the left-handed artistry of, of Moutet against Karatsev, just belting it as hard as he possibly can. Um, I wouldn't put it past Moutet winning this. It's, it's more of a lean. Um, if I was betting on this match, I would, I would certainly take Moutet at that price, but it does come with its own risks. I like that. I like There's three uh, favourites there to fade and all different reasons why you want to do it. The final match, Nick Kyrgios minus 385 against Wu. Wu plus 295. This will be the first time Wu has played a tennis match on grass. The handicap is 3.5 minus 121 for Kyrgios on the spread and totals again 22.5 minus 113 over minus 113 under. Yeah, this is just very quickly. This is about Kyrgios's lack of match play since last October. We don't know what sort of condition he's going to turn up in. Um as you said, Wu's never played on grass, but he did beat the likes of John Isner, Taylor Fritz in very quick conditions indoors in Dallas when he won the title earlier on this season. So 
he may be okay with, with, with these, these quick sort of low bouncing conditions against the big server. Um, I'm tempted to back Wu to win a set at a shade under evens with Bet Rivers, but again, it's, it's, it can only be a lean because we've never seen him play on grass and we don't really know what sort of state Kyrgios is going to turn up in, but very, very short if you're backing Nick Kyrgios to win this match. You, you're, mm. you're putting a lot on trust. So just two official plays. Uh, Zhang at plus 195 and Benjamin Bonzi at plus 215 from you in the first round at Stuttgart. Uh, yeah. We're running out of time very quickly, so we just move across uh, quickly. If you could just run through the event over in Ross Marlin. Daniel Medvedev yeah. is the number one seed. Number two seed, Yannick Sinner. Uh, number three seed, we have Borna Koric. Number four, Alex Diminor. Uh, and top half of the draw, Medvedev, Koric. Bottom half of the draw, Sinner and Diminor. Uh, Sinner's obviously has had a disappointing run at the French Open. Medvedev is the favourite to win this all, plus 180. Sinner is 275. Koric is 1,000. Bublik is 1,200. Alex Diminor, 1,200. Brandon Nakashima, 1,400. And Cressy, 1,600. They're the top seven in the betting. Um, give us some stats on the tournament and where you think the, the value lies in the outright market. Yeah, conditions not quite as quick as Stuttgart here, usually in Rosmarlin. More of a medium paced grass surface. Average is 83% holds and 74.4% first third points won quite a lot down really on um, on Stuttgart. Still reasonably paced because it's grass, but not as quick as Stuttgart. Been a lot of big price winners here. 250 to 1 Van Rijthoven won it last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 66 to 1 Manorino. 100 to 1 Mahu. Nicholas Mahu won here a few years ago. No top seed since David Ferrer in 2012 has won the title here. So over a decade since an unborn seed has won. All sorts of different types of styles of players have won here. Manorino, Gasquet, Gilles Muller, Bautista Ragut won here, Nicolas Mahou. Um, qualifiers have gone well. Uh, one has made at least the semis in five of the last nine editions. Um, not great for underdog winners, 29%. Um, as far as the outright is concerned, I've, I've taken um, Alex Diminor here at 12-1 um, at to 1 with Bet Rivers. I just think he's got a really nice draw in that third quarter of the bottom half. The third quarter, as in the first quarter of the bottom half of the draw. Um, he's got very little to beat in that in that quarter. And if you contrast that with the fourth quarter, you know, I could see I could see pretty much anybody in that fourth quarter winning. That, that's Sinner's quarter. Sinner obviously comes here a bit of a downer, had a, a, a poor end to the clay swing, really, didn't he? Very disappointing. But he's got in his quarter, he's got Ugo Umber, Jason Kubler, Emil Rusevoiri, uh, Brandon Nakashima, Alexander Bublik, and David Goffin, and that's you could see any of those making the final on their best form. You know, Goffin should have made the semis at Wimbledon last year. Bublik's a, a finalist; should have won Newport last year on grass. Nakashima played really, really well at Wimbledon last year and got good grass stats. Rusevoy, you would think, would be improving on grass. We know about Humbert; he's won Haller, and, and a couple is good on grass as well. Any of those could could make the final, couldn't they? I, I wouldn't be backing Sinner there. My plan here is that one of those beats Sinner, and then Diminor beats them um, to get to the final. Um, just looking at the top half, Medvedev, his stats weren't, I know he didn't have a great season last year, but his stats on grass they weren't very good at all. 101 service points, one return points, one total last year. Lost in the final here to Van Rijthoven. Tough first round, he's going to play either Manorino or or your mate Artur Fies, um in his first match. That's not a gimme. So, and there's Cressy's in there as well. He could he could be a, a problem on on the grass. Um, yeah, I think Dimin. I haven't even mentioned Borna Koric, who I think is a dangerous opponent here on the Koric as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a possibility if Ashka can play well on grass. Uh, on grass. So yeah, uh, for me, I think the the, the value is um, with Dimin. He, he 
definitely should be making the semi-finals from that draw. And if someone, if one of those good grass court players knocks out Sinner, then it'd be favourite probably to make the make the final. Twelve to one each way. I've taken him with Bet Rivers. Twelve to one each way. Each way is a half the odds. One two. She gets six to one for Dimonor to make the final. Just very quickly, Sean, and we're pushed for time. We've got three matches. Uh, these start at five a.m. Eastern time. Hustler against Cressy. Two minus two twenty-five. Cressy plus one seventy-five. Hustler. Uger and Bear minus one ninety-five against Jason Kubler plus one fifty-five. And Kekmanovic minus one eighty-six against Milos Raonic. The big serving Canadian who is making his comeback. What's the best bet there? Yeah, Humbert. I've taken Humbert. Sorry, Kubler. I've taken against Humbert. Um, two point seven five. I mean, their their grass court statistics are almost identical. Um, Humbert one hundred one service points, one return points, one tail. Kubler a hundred. Um, Kubler's already played that one tournament, as you know. You probably saw him in um, Surbiton. Beat two oh, left-handers there. He beat Ryan Pedersen. I was watching the game. Yeah, that's one of them, and the other one was Brava, and he lost to Murray from a setup. So he's he's got his his grass shoes already on. Um, Kubler does well against lefties at main level 6-3 win loss won five of the last six um, Humbert has actually lost six of his last eight grass court matches versus top 100 opponents Kubler's won five of his last eight Humbert played a lot of tennis in the clay swing um, way more than Kubler I just think Kubler's value at 2.75 we haven't got time to talk about the other two but we're not I'm not having official plays on them anyway. Um, the, the play is, uh, is Kubler, 2.75. Kubler, it's plus 155 now at Bet Rivers. Head to the Bet Rivers website. That match starts at 6.20 a.m. tomorrow, so be quick. Remember, there's four ways to follow us on Bet Rivers. Download the podcast, uh, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Bet Rivers Network and follow us on our Twitter and Instagram account at Because We Win. Sean Calvert, thank you very much. He'll be travelling to Stuttgart. Follow his journey on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, take care and we'll be back tomorrow with Rory Giovanni talking women's tennis. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.